Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Hi, welcome to our show. I'm Jeff. And I'm Patty. And Jeff and I live and travel in our RV full time. In fact, we sold our house and just about everything in it. Well, I had to keep some things. I couldn't get rid of everything. And we're just on the road. Starting this week, we're going to add a new feature. We call it the tip of the week. It's just another way to pass along important things that we have learned, most of which the hard way, while traveling and hopefully it'll save you money time and aggravation Mm -hmm. hey and very soon we are going to do a cleveland meetup at the music box supper club on the west bank of the flats on wednesday july 13th Mm -hmm. it's free and we'd love to see you there absolutely patty and i will be joined on stage by plain dealer cleveland.com travel editor susan glazer and we're going to talk about our travels and experiences especially some of the funny stuff that's Mm -hmm. happened yeah our spot Sponsor General RV of North Canton is going to have a luxury RV there, so you can go and tour that if you want. Our co-sponsor, the Muskegon Watershed Conservancy District, will be there to share recreational opportunities on their land in Ohio. It will be a fun night. All the details are in the description below. Hey, you know, recently we got a great email from a guy by the name of Dave Johnson. He lives in Rochester, New York. He's an experienced RVer, camper you name it, the stories he shared with us were really amazing. So we contacted him. We set up a Zoom call, and Dave even went out and bought a USB microphone to use on this call so you can hear his story. Dave, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. How many RVs in your career have you had? We're only at three. They said it takes three to get it right, uh-huh. and I think we finally got it right. Well, that's good. You started with a very unique 19-footer, if I remember right. Yeah, we we started right after we retired in 2016. We were looking for something that was small. We had a small pickup truck with a V6 and didn't want to invest a lot of money because we weren't sure we were going to like it, thinking at the time that Holiday Inn was the best way to camp. Right. <laughs> but we found this rear slide unit is called a max light 23 rs Mm -hmm. and i did all kinds of spreadsheets i'm an engineer so i did all kinds of spreadsheets to justify why we would do this and how much money it was going to save us how we could go out and see our kid in california and live in it and that it would pay for itself in like six seven years no problem at all and then we got it and we went on our first big trip we did a just shy of 5,000 mile trip around the country. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then we were hooked. Oh yeah. We live in Rochester, New York, and we headed west all the way up to Seattle and then down the west coast and back through the south and just had a ball. I mean, it was a, a trip of a lifetime, but it, it hooks you so much to see how much of this country there is to 
to discover. It doesn't matter. You get home and maybe a month later, that bug starts biting you again. It's like, man, I got to get back on the road. It's killing me right now. I had shoulder surgery last week and I can't drive. I, we can't move. And this summer's going to be a waste. And I'm really disappointed. Oh, yeah, well, bad. I'm sorry, Dave. You're missing out on those high gas prices. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really unique little trailer that you had, 19 feet, and the back would slide out, not the sides. Correct. It was a good and a bad trailer from that point of view. That We carried bikes, so every time we wanted to open the slide, we had to pull the bikes down. So every night it was pull the bikes down and then put the slide out. And the other part with the slide going out the back is you had to kind of reconstruct the trailer inside because you had to fold down the table and fold down the couch. And then the slide would come in over top of those. Mm -hmm. It towed like a 19-footer, but when the slide went out, they called it a 23-footer. Wow. Right. And when we headed off, it was just a trip of a lifetime. Yeah. That's a great feeling. Wow. So then, after that, what did you buy? Then we came home and decided we needed something bigger. This little trailer was fantastic just for going out on the road and just sleeping in it no problem at all but if you're going to live someplace for two three months like we wanted to go out west to see our kid for the winter Mm -hmm. then it became uh, a little too small you you needed a little the ability to get away from people a little bit like your wife on occasion (laughs) and uh, i love my wife to death but we still need our room Uh and um, oh patty's real happy with me (laughs) oh (laughs) gosh we have our moments (laughs) so we bought a 32 foot bumper pull And the problem with it is it's so long and where it connects to the truck, and you had to have a bigger truck at that time too. But with a bumper pull and that big sail on the back, every time a truck would pass us, the tail would wag the dog. Right. Um, Oh my gosh. It it would really make the truck move Mm -hmm. a lot. I went out and bought what's one of these new fancy hitches called a Pro Pride, and it eliminated sway very well. But the problem was, again, you're still very long and the whole truck and trailer would move together, but they would both move. I suspect you guys might have that problem with your long Class A as well, but everything would move to the right every time a truck would come by me. The one thing good about this is it's heavier and bigger, so we don't get that much movement. And we have a um, comfort steer system on it that's really nice. But boy, I'll tell you, when we had the 30-footer, woo, those trucks... They would suck you in, and then they'd push you out. Push you out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Same with the bumper pull. And I had a couple of underwear-changing moments with with that trailer. (gasps) And uh, (laughs) that's when I went out and invested in the better hitch. Mm -hmm. But, again, we we spent two winters out in uh, California with it, and it was fine. It was what I would call a tin trailer, tin and and wood. Uh And... It was okay to live in. It wasn't luxurious by any way, yeah. stretch of the imagination. You start to live in these things and you start to learn about what you really want. Yeah. And just like you guys with your new upgrade, we upgraded finally to a, a fifth wheel, a 41-foot fifth wheel. And I don't think we need another trailer for a long, long time. Oh, my gosh. 41-foot. That's wow. huge. Yeah. You, you literally oh, got a condo. Yeah, really. It is. It's oh, it's man. roughly 370 square feet. Oh, it's got my. a spare bedroom and a loft. And oh, like, like you, we have, a, we have a combo washer and dryer, but mm-hmm. it's all yeah. you could want. Do you have a kitchen island? Yes. Oh, of course he does. Oh, oh, man. So you're living the life. You have the same issue we do, and that is you have a child in California. 
and you live in Rochester. We lived in Akron. And, of course, we all make those treks out to California to see our kids. Mm -hmm. But you had a unique little trek, didn't you? So with our second trailer, our gray one, Mm -hmm. our 32-footer, we went out and we stayed near Santa Clarita, which is, I don't know, 25, 30 miles north of L.A. Mm -hmm. There's a Six Flags big amusement park up there that probably less than a mile from where we're staying right along right off of Mm i-5 and we had been there maybe a week week and a half and a cousin of mine called me and says have you looked outside and we said no we were just sitting there eating breakfast and opened the door and there's this big gray cloud the whole sky is just gray oh no and you could smell the smoke and then you start to look down at my truck it was a black pickup truck and you could start to see gray bits of ash falling on the truck oh no oh my and that was unnerving and i got dressed quickly and ran up to the office of the campground i said what should we do and they said we have no guidance for you being from the east where forest fires are not familiar to me we uh decided to make our own decision and play it safe. So my wife grabbed the dog and her hair dryer. And I think I grabbed a change of underwear and we got in the truck and that's pretty much all we took. And we went to our son's house. Wow. And as we got onto I-5 going south, mm-hmm. the fire was right against I-5. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't all that big. It was maybe 20, 30 yards of the side of the road was on fire. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Ohio, like you guys, I, I, you always used to learn about how they'd build fire breaks so that the fires can't jump and go from one area to another. Right. Well, I-5 is 16 lanes wide. Yeah, it's eight lanes right. going both directions. Uh-huh. And we had 40 to 70 mile an hour winds, and it picked up those little umbers and just carried them wherever it wanted to. Oh, my gosh. So it jumped I-5, and as we're going by, we're snapping a few pictures We get to our sons and we turn on the TV and now they've closed I-5 and it was closed for almost three days. And the fire had jumped I-5 and had burned 60,000 acres right adjacent to our campground. Oh no. And I suspect this campground was three to 500 parking spots, I can't imagine, but every one of them's got 40 to 60 pounds of propane sitting there. You're just waiting for everything to go boom, boom, boom. Oh yeah. But apparently through the night, through two nights, actually, the, the firefighters were able to keep the fire right up to the perimeter of the campground. We came back two days later after they opened up I-5, and we wanted to go in and see if we had anything. And the police were sitting at the gate, and they wouldn't let us in. They said, we'll let you in, but you have to sign a document that says, if the fire flares back up, we're not coming for you. Oh, oh geez. So we said, well, you know, we're 3,000 miles away from our home. Everything we have to live on is in that trailer. I need to go find out whether I have anything left or not. Mm -hmm. Please let me in. So they let me in. We went in. All the trailers were fine. They had opened all the trailers, and there was no damage done to my trailer, but there was, like, police tape on all the doors that said they had inspected that nobody was in it. So we decided we're going to hook up. We don't have a clue where we're going to go, but we started to hook up disconnect all our lines and everything and just about the time i hooked up the truck they opened the rv park back up for people to come in wow so we unhooked and And then stayed okay stayed for another couple months oh man unbelievable oh you know what 
that reminds me of what's happening in Yellowstone right now in parts of Montana and how you have to be totally aware when you travel, especially with an RV, about the weather, about the conditions. Jim and Melinda Mantell, who just outran all the flooding Mm -hmm. in Yellowstone and up in Montana, you avoided the fire, but to lose everything you have is not a nice thing. No, it's a very scary thought. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But, you know, natural disasters, if you're going to be on the road, are kind of something you have to deal with. Last year, we made a big trip out to Utah, went to Estes Park first, and then we were going to go do the Big Five in Utah. Right. Mm -hmm. Really wasn't paying attention to the weather or something. We're just out enjoying countryside. We get on I-70, we go through the Eisenhower Tunnel, and all of a sudden my GPS says I-70 is closed. Oh, no. It had a big mudslide last year and closed it for several weeks. Well, the day we happen to be traveling is the day the mudslide occurred. And thank God for RV GPSs. Mm -hmm. But it sent us what should have been a six-hour travel day from more or less Denver over to Moab, Mm -hmm. ended up being a 12-hour day. And it sent us down into southern Colorado, and one of the national parks we had no intention of ever seeing was Black Canyon National Park. And there's a part of it called the Million Dollar Highway because it cost a million dollars per mile to drive or to build it. Well, we've been on it. I ended up having to drive my rig on that road. And you've got six and eight percent grades. And at one point we crossed, I can't remember the name of the dam, but it's a one lane dam. You know, mm-hmm. so they have traffic lights at both ends. So you can only right. let a couple cars on each side. So we drive across this one lane dam. And now my whole driving plan is screwed up because we rely on uh, truck stops to get fuel and things like that. So we're out in the middle of nowhere running down in southern Colorado and we have to get fuel. And we couldn't find any place, a lot of places to buy diesel, but no place that we could get in. So I finally found a parking lot, dropped my trailer, went and got fuel, came back, rehooked up, and onward we went. And 12 hours later, we ended up in Moab. My gosh. Oh my now, was this in the in the fifth wheel? Or no, this was still the trailer? This was the fifth wheel last, in, last summer. In the big 41-foot fifth wheel. Yeah. Wow. So driving along that, you know, I don't know how deep that gorge is, but it's well over a couple thousand feet. Driving that kind of rig with no guardrail along oh, the edges yeah. is unnerving. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my goodness. People don't realize that you look out your window, your passenger window, and it's 10,000 feet, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's deep. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And we were actually on some of the switchbacks in Colorado once, and Patty would get out when I would kind of back up into the switchback. And, in a Jeep. And she'd go, oh, um, I'll uh, just kind of direct you, which meant I'm not going over the cliff with you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so. We've had our share of those last year when we went to California. We arrived in December I was taking a nap and my wife wakes me up. She goes, David, David, come out here. There's a fire about a mile south of where we were. Where we stay in Hemet, it's a lot of what I'll call short mountains all the way around us. And they're just rock clumps, but they got a lot of brush on them. And all of a sudden you could hear every helicopter and every airplane in the world is flying over top of us. And one of the mountains about a mile south of us was on fire. And you could see the smoke. We didn't feel threatened from this one, thank goodness, but 
it was really interesting to see the helicopters go out there and take this on. As far as I know, nobody was on the ground fighting this fire. They were just dumping on it right and left, and it was really it was interesting to watch. Oh, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, in all your travels, and you've had a lot of travels, where do you think is the best place you've been? The place you can't go right now. Yellowstone is unbelievable. I feel so sorry for the people who can't go there right now. It is awful. It's just so sad. The most fantastic place I've ever been. A couple of really cool stories there. We spent five days in Yellowstone. And the cool part about Yellowstone is you drive around, and if you see a traffic jam, you know there's something interesting to see. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the giveaway. Uh-huh. So on our first day, we're driving along, and we're driving along the Yellowstone River just uh, north of the lake there. And there's a traffic jam, so we find a parking spot, and we go up, and there's several hundred people along the side of the river watching a bear eat a bison in the middle of the river. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Wow. Oh, man. And it was really, really cool. And the bear ate that bison for four straight days. Oh, oh my gosh. Jeez. when he was done, the only thing left was a rib cage. Wow. That day, we had several hundred people around us. It really didn't feel threatened, and the bear was busy eating. Yeah. And the next morning, though, I decided to go down and see how that was progressing. And the cool thing about Yellowstone, or one of the tips about really most of the big parks, is if you get up early and go into them, you can pretty much have the park to yourself, do almost anything you want. Mm -hmm. So I'm down there about 7.30, and there's four other guys with cameras, and we're all got our tripod set up watching for the bear. It's very foggy, and all of a sudden, a bear walks out of the fog. Now, the night before, there were several hundred people around, and the trick to surviving a bear attack is outrun the slowest guy. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And on the first day, I felt pretty confident I could outrun several of those. But with only four others around, I wasn't so confident. So I packed up, got my picture, and then left. Right. But I went down there every morning and watched this bear, and it was fascinating. When it Literally, when he was all done, he went over to the other shore lay down on his back and took a nap. Well, of course. Oh, <laughs> so, gosh. Where would you recommend in Yellowstone that people stay? We had our small trailer at the time. I don't think I could fit in it now, although mm-hmm. I've heard they've modernized it, is the Fishing Bridge. Fishing Bridge campgrounds right dead center in the middle of the park. And in the four days of sightseeing, and we couldn't go to the South Park because it was on fire at the time, in the four days we were there, we put a thousand miles on the truck. So each day wow. we would take a quadrant, you know, like the northeast or the northwest or the mm-hmm. southeast, southwest, mm-hmm. and go and explore. And there is so much diversity there. It's just unbelievable. The worst part of that park are the people, mm-hmm. um, like where this bear was eating. They had to put up no fishing signs in the river to keep the stupid people from fishing around the bear. Well, of course. Yeah. Common sense is not that common. I think I'll go take a selfie. <laughs> Duh. Well, we were up in the northwest part of the park, and there was this elk with like a four-foot rack. I can't remember the name of the town, but there were a lot of elk running through the town. And this one big bull had his own park ranger to keep the people away from it. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. The park ranger was protecting the deer, not the people. Can you imagine getting gored by one of those antlers? Was it a week or two ago somebody got killed by a buffalo? Really? A bison out there, yeah. Where? At Yellowstone? Yeah. Oh. Got too close and (gasps) the buffalo gored him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. One of the cute stories about that particular topic is we pulled out of fishing bridge one morning and there's this big bridge you go over the Yellowstone River there. Mm -hmm. And I started to cross it and there's a buffalo I, right in the middle of it like he built it. <laughs> and I decided I'm not going to mess with him. No. And I just put the car in park and sat there and filmed it for a while. And this guy comes up behind me and he's beeping his horn, wondering why I'm not going. And finally he pulls around me goes nose to nose with the buffalo and then he just backs up and parks behind me just like I did and mm -hmm. said okay we'll let this guy own the bridge for a while oh yeah oh yeah I'd do the same thing Dave with uh, all your travels what was your worst problem you came across <laughs> this this last trip to California in the fall we leave usually around November 1st mm -hmm. we had a plan to get disc brake upgrades to our fifth wheel mm -hmm. and we were going to have the work done in eastern Arizona and, you know, I think these inanimate objects know something's coming because we get down to Tennessee. I have a TPMS, a tire pressure monitoring system on my trailer. Which is real smart. And, and all of a sudden I notice one of my tires is getting very hot. The pressure in the tires going up and they, that's why you have these things is to give you a heads up before you end up with a flat tire. Right. So I pull into a, a rest area and I go back and my brake drum is extraordinarily hot. I reached in and touched it, burned my finger. Wow. I poured a couple bottles of water on it. I'm about five miles from where I need to go for the night. So I decided I'm just gonna push on and see what we get. I pull into a campground. I pull the brake drum off, I'm fairly handy. And the brake drum adjuster had fallen out. I don't know if the brakes had just worn enough that it became too loose and the brake drum adjuster fell out and it was rolling around in inside the brake drum and got very, very hot and worn out. I got really lucky that night because I went into the RV park and said, where do I get RV parts? And a lady that lives in this park happened to be standing there and says, my husband's an RV tech. I will have him bring you the parts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was like a one in a million shot. Oh yeah. So he brings me the parts. It's not a big job. It's four bolts to take off the back plate, two wires, and you're back in business. You re-grease the bearings and you're off to the races. And I said, okay, well, if this is our our big problem for the day we're or the trip, we're in good shape. Mm -hmm. So we're off and about three days later, we're pulling into Houston. We wanna to go to the Johnson Space Center. About 40 miles out, we start to see the same thing on the same side, but the different wheel. And I'm thinking, oh, what do we do now? So I pull into a truck stop, back into a spot, and right there on the road, I'm pulling the brake drum off. Same exact failure, but on a different wheel. Oh, no. Here I am, I'm, I'm like three days away from getting all the brakes replaced, and I have two brake failures in, the, in this trip. It's malicious. It is. <laughs> it's like these inanimate objects know. Yeah. I didn't get to go to the Johnson Space Center on the way out to California. We ended up stopping on the way back, but I spent all day chasing parts that was the big problem is i had to drive about an hour and a half to find the part that i needed and then come back and do the brake job on that second wheel and then three days later all those new parts i just put on got taken off and thrown away and oh, new disc brakes man. which is a huge improvement to the drivability of the the big rig well you know there's something we wanted to start here and we call it the tip of the week if you could give anybody a good tip about doing this what would it be? Don't cheat yourself on the safety equipment more than anything. Uh, like the TPMS, the GPS for RVs, 
those two things have saved us at least twice. I mean, I just told you about the big trip through Colorado that we would not have been able to navigate had we not had a GPS that knew our size and our height. That's right. right. Great uh, advice. A lot of bridges we can't go under. Yeah. And then to, to know whether your rig is going to about to have a tire failure and you can prevent it is huge. Yeah. Weight. You know, you got to know your weight. Mm-hmm. We've come across bridges where it says uh, seven tons. Well, we're double that. Yes. <laughs> and we don't yeah. want to be down below. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. My my rig is right around 14,000 pounds yeah. plus the truck. Well, Dave, I'll tell you, it is a pleasure talking with you and hearing your story. And we wish you continued good luck on the road. Yes, that's for, for sure. sure. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, I follow you guys both on Facebook and Instagram, and I love your podcast. So oh. they're a lot of fun to listen to. You well, guys do a great job. Well, maybe one of these days we'll run into you somewhere. I hope so. Hey, one of the other things I was thinking about, because I was listening to one of your past podcasts recently, the guy talked about Letchworth State Park. Oh, yes. And if you guys get up here into Western New York, please call me. Because Letchworth is a, a real cool place. For our 25th anniversary, we took a hot air balloon ride over Letchworth. Wow. We actually launched right in the middle of the park. Oh. And we went up over the trees and right down into the middle and right over an 80-foot waterfall, which is a really different perspective. Yeah, and, that, was, uh, that was Alex Bevan that gave us that's that. That's yeah. right, yeah. But also up here, I mean, you've got the obvious with Niagara Falls and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But Seneca Falls is a really, really little cool town that if you come up here, you got to explore it. If you like wine, the Finger Lakes are just unbelievable there's a around Cayuga and Seneca there's a literally the driveways are less than 100 yards apart and you can go from winery to winery to winery oh my gosh um, the only thing I will tell you is after the third one they all taste good so. oh, oh yeah yeah right <laughs> what could go wrong doing yeah. that <laughs> well thank uh, you very much again yes thank you welcome. so much and I look forward to crossing paths with you yeah, yes for sir sure. we do too Dave Johnson of Rochester New York and we met him when he emailed us you can email us too or follow us or stay in touch at rockingthervlife.com. We always love to hear from you. Yep, that's it for this week, but we're going to be back next week with a story about what some call the eighth wonder of the world, and it's right here in the U.S., so you can easily visit it. Mm -hmm. Plus, why it's important to thoroughly check your camping and RV site before you pull in. Oh, yeah, you don't want what happened to us to happen to you. Uh Uh-uh. Jeff, if you just would have listened to me, we would have been fine. What? You're the one that got us into this mess. I did not. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.